the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the folks that make up the Unite IE Coalition to everyone out there, we just want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Uh, This very important weekend of, uh, you know, celebration, uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We would like to just extend a very happy Easter to before we get into the political stuff. Uh, this is the more important stuff. So, uh, Greg and I, Don Dix of the Unite IE Radio Show, wishing our listeners a happy Easter. I'm looking forward to trying to find my Easter basket. And where might that be hidden? I don't know. That's why it's hidden. I mean, that's, the, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the challenge. Well, you know, this weekend we have a very interesting way to celebrate Easter here in uh, Riverside County. Uh, the sunrise service on Mount Rubidoux every year, sponsored by uh, Pastor Brian Park and uh, the pastors, the collective pastors of uh, the Inland Empire, Riverside uh, County region. It's a great event. It's a great way to start Easter Day, to climb up Mount Rubidoux. It's not that big of a hike. And uh, the walk up, you get to uh, sort of uh, be with a lot of people that are also walking up. They've also got reminders on the way up. Sometimes it's Stations of the Cross. Sometimes it's other messages. But as you, uh, as you, you know, mount uh, ascend, I guess is the word, Mount Rubidoux to the top. There's a lot of people there too. So if you're planning on going, Greg, got to get there early. See now, Don, having told our listeners that, there go all the parking spaces. Yeah, I think we got the last parking place last year, uh, but it is a unique way to watch the sunrise over uh, the Inland Empire and celebrate Easter Day. That sounds like a great. I'm gonna, I'm I'm going to plan to go this year. Fortunately, here in America, we can celebrate Easter. Yes. In Egypt, yes, they can't. Well, they have a much more difficult time. One of the things that happened, of course, this week, we had twin uh, suicide bombings. ISIS taking credit for those in Egypt on Palm Sunday. Uh, I think a total, the death toll was somewhere was around 44, 45, uh, with hundreds of other people injured. Could have been much worse because a metal detector at one of the locations kept the uh, bomber from actually going inside the church and detonating, detonating it outside, taking the lives of three police officers. And I think in that case, about seven or eight other uh, people standing outside the church, uh, but literally destroying the facade of the church. Right. But as a result, the the remaining Christian churches in in Egypt have canceled their Easter services. Exactly. So is that a win for the Islamists? Well, absolutely it's a win. I think so, and, too. And they're, they're, they're happy to trade a couple of suicide bombers uh, for that. Now, to his credit, Egyptian President el-Sisi has condemned it and, has, and is apparently doing what he can to protect the Christian minority in Egypt. Yep. He is. And he called for a three-month uh, high-terror alert. Um so they're, they're, they, he takes this seriously. You know, you've got, uh, I would call a CC. Yes, he's a, a Muslim, but I would say he's more secular 
than he is, uh, you know, somebody that comes out of Alazar University, for instance, in Cairo. Uh, he defeated and overturned, if you will, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, yeah, uh, I think the, election. The, right. And he also then went to the Grand Mosque in Cairo, which is probably, someone said that there is no Pope of Islam, but the Grand Mosque in Cairo is the Vatican of Islam, at least Sunni, the Sunni branch of Islam. And he said, you know, we, we got to make some changes in, in, in Islam. So it's not a threat to other people. So it's a religion that we practice and provides us with spiritual and fulfillment, but it's not one that goes out and attacks other people and blows up people and blows up innocent civilians. And he made this back during when, when Obama was president and he got zero support. Yeah, for the idea that uh, the the Muslim that Islam needs to be reformed, and I see on your computer that that just you know there's so much of the jihad that happens, and if it's a big thing that happens, it, it may make the news. But you were just looking at a picture of a of a Jewish woman in Paris, and a Muslim broke into her apartment, stabbed her, threw her off her 11th floor balcony, shouting "Ahu Akbar." Yeah, 66 year old director of an Orthodox Jewish nursery. Uh, she was awoken from her sleep and was violently beaten by this 20-something Muslim neighbor who then dragged her to the window. She died on the street outside the building where she had lived for 30 years, this happening in Paris. And you're right. These kinds of things don't get our attention. Uh, the big ones, like what we mentioned at the opening of the program, the uh, uh, twin uh, Palm Sunday uh, bombings in Egypt. They get a lot of attention. So far, it's interesting to note there's a website called The Religion of Peace, and they keep track of the uh, Islamic terrorist uh, atrocities that occur around the world. So far, since 9 11, 30,625 separate jihadist attacks since 9 11. By devotees of the Religion of Peace. Yes, and in April, so far, April 1st through April 7th, uh, they totaled the number of global terror attacks at 47, taking the lives of 377, injuring 277. These are include six suicide blasts in 15 countries. And and so they keep track of it. It's a very good place to, to go. They had the, the item that we just mentioned, which was the... Uh, Jewish woman in Paris whose life was taken, thrown out of her third-story apartment building window. Another really interesting article that they call attention to is why Christians are being slaughtered in Egypt. This by Abraham, Raymond Ibrahim, um, you know, came out shortly after uh, on April the 9th, this article. Uh, just talking about what's going on in Egypt. It's really important to understand what's happening in these countries because while those situations aren't unfolding in the United States with regularity. We do have our own challenges sure. of a different kind of jihad. And here. just another example, in this past week, there was the, the, the Islamists in Thailand, of all places, set off a coordinated string of 50 bombings across the country, doing large-scale damage to the electrical power system in that country. And, and, and then I mean, even in the conservative news that, uh, that you and I read, it didn't. It, it barely made a ripple, if anything. I was just. I've been, I don't. Even, I do not even remember where I saw that story. But I go, wow! I had not seen that on any other, any other, even conservative 
news sites. Right. And you probably didn't make much of a ripple either is the uh, German, I think it was a soccer team, uh, whose bus uh, almost nearly blown up three separate blasts, IED blasts that occurred. Uh, The German authorities have since uh, arrested, possibly in connection with that, a 26-year-old ISIS. uh, They call him some sort of a coordinator of a, he literally came back from the field of operation in the Middle East, came back to Germany. Uh, he was arrested. Uh, they don't know yet if he was rest, if he has any connections to that terror blast that nearly took the lives of this sports team. But here again, you've got another situation. You've got another uh, event directly related to the jihad. Mm-hmm. Three stories in the last two weeks. They caught my in Sweden. Right. The police wanted to build a police station in a Muslim neighborhood. Not a single contractor bid on it because it was too dangerous. In another Muslim neighborhood, the police cannot commute to their police station alone because it is too dangerous. And in yet another Muslim neighborhood, the Swedish postal post services last week said, we're not going to do home deliveries anymore. Because it's too dangerous. And that's amid the terror event that happened in Stockholm where a jihadist stole a beer truck and drove it into a store, killing four, wounding 11. It could have been much worse except for a off-duty police officer actually uh, caused this guy to swerve out off of his path uh, before he got to an even larger crowd. But here again, you've got the uh, German chancellor, and Merkel, who finally is saying, you know, we do have a little bit of a problem. Some of the people that are coming into our country actually are uh, dangerous, but that doesn't seem to dissuade them. And, oh, it doesn't. And it's interesting is is Merkel is about is approximately tied in the up, uh, in the polls for the upcoming election in Germany in September with an even further left candidate. So it appears the vast majority of the German voters want to keep the same po- open border policies that they now have. And it, it just, it's staggering, but that seems to be the choice that, uh, that they're making. All right. So when we come back, the Senate nearly. goes nuclear and President Trump goes nearly nuclear. We'll explain that when we return on the Unite IE radio program. After this message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. More with the news of the week after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com, 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. 
This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office. We had some explosive news this week, haven't we? Yeah, on several fronts. Apparently, we had the Senate that had to go nuclear in order to get Judge Gorsuch nominated and appointed, and he was sworn in on Monday. That's got to make you happy as a Trump you supporter, You know, that's got, I think all of us, I mean, that makes the Trump presidency worth the price of admission when you compare that to the leftist activist judge that Hillary Clinton would have appointed that would have created a five-judge majority, liberal activist majority on the Supreme Court to do who knows what. Oh, absolutely. This was this was the deciding factor for me. Um, and I said, anything that that Trump can deliver over the next four years beyond a originalist jurist on the Supreme Court is gravy. Now, I just think uh, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, she, you know, it's, it's 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 such a burden to be on the court and a lot of work to do. She should really enjoy her remaining years. You know, playing with the grandchildren, traveling, right. you know, enjoy life. Get out there and enjoy life, Ruth. Absolutely. Now, the timing of getting uh, Judge Gorsuch appointed was critical from a number of perspectives. The calendar for the uh, cases that the Supreme Court is going to hear is decided on. And right. then also their first cases that they begin to make decisions on uh, is literally right around the corner. This is more your bailiwig uh Greg, so what are we looking forward to with... Well, for cases that were already argued, is he can't participate in that unless they go back and re-argue the case, schedule, reschedule oral arguments and with him present. So which, okay. which, which they, if it's tied four to four, that they might do that. To, for the Supreme Court to accept a case... Who, who decides if, if on a case that's already been argued, a decision has been is made, uh, comes to, that's tied... Who would make, how would they go about deciding whether or not uh, that case can be reheard now that the court has nine uh, votes instead of eight? Good question. And I I don't know if if, if, if the chief justice can do that on his own decision or would need a majority vote of the court to do that. But it takes four justices to hear a case. Only you need five to win the case, which you only need four to decide to hear the case. And you're right, but at this point, they're deciding what cases they're going to hear in the next term. Mm-hmm. And now they know they have Gorsuch confirmed. They maybe say, "Okay, let's let's go ahead and hear that case," where they might have otherwise passed on the case, figuring there was going to be a four-to-four tie, mm-hmm. which would then affirm the or even place the lower court decision. Gotcha. Speaking of which, I haven't heard anything about what's happening with those two, the, the, uh, the Obama, no, Trump's immigration order cases. The, I know the one court issued a preliminary injunction, but I've not heard anything about an appeal. So I, they should get that underway now that Gorsuch is on the Supreme right. Court to hear the ultimate appeal Absolutely. Of, of, of those clearly legal orders. Yeah, I know that the Hawaiian judge went back and create, instead of it making a temporary, converted it to a a permanent injunction? Not at this stage. Well, the first stage is a temporary restraining order. Okay. And then there's a, they have a hearing within a week or two, and the next stage would be to issue a preliminary injunction, which would keep the order in place while they hear the case. And now that, that preliminary injunction can be appealed, even though, the case, even though the case is ongoing. All right. Ultimately, at the end of the case, there'll be a trial. And of course, this judge is an Obama appointee and a liberal activist. We know what his decision is ultimately going to be. 
But meanwhile, we have refugees that continue to come into the country, right? They're, they are coming in, uh, though someone, t- someone told me, and I don't have an, a, a source for it, is that there's been a little over 1,000 have come in since Trump became president, which, is, which, which in, in my view, it should be, the number should be zero at this point. But that is a, if that's true, that is a huge reduction from what it was under Obama and what it would have been under Hillary Clinton. Interesting, because I thought I saw a headline this week. I'm just looking for it right now. Under uh, Trump, that the number of refugees has increased uh, under Trump. Well, at any rate, but um, that is a case that will ultimately be uh, heard. So tying this all back, in, and uh, we're almost past, almost out of time for this segment, we're tying this into Trump goes almost nuclear. That's right. So this week, as a part of his newfound uh, ability to fight terrorism, uh, Trump has found the Tomahawk missile and something called a Moab that's colloquially referred to as the mother of all bombs. It is described as the single largest uh, bomb in the uh, United States weapons arsenal next right before it goes nuclear so the it's the largest bomb underneath the nuclear arsenal that we have and that was dropped in afghanistan we're going after uh, taliban uh, caves and with people that they hide in the mountains and trying to take them out with 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 this bomb and uh, trump is uh asserting himself on on the world stage militarily whether that's obviously a good idea he's gotten some some blowback no pun intended from Conservatives, well, yeah, he's gotten some blowback, and people are beginning to wonder. And this is something we actually should discuss because, with the decision to you know go nearly nuclear in Afghanistan and launch tomahawk missiles in in uh, into Syria as a result of the chemical attack that is being blamed on Assad right now, many people are beginning to wonder uh, if he's shifting from his campaign-based rhetoric regarding things like NATO, regarding things like the use of military force, and actually becoming what he uh, was fighting against in Hillary. So, Right. He was going to be the non-interventionist, uh, was worried about America, uh, but events happen on the world stage. Uh, George Bush, George W. Bush did not expect 9-11. He had no contemplation in running for office and when he became president that, he's go- that the U.S. was going to become involved in a war in Afghanistan. But events, on- but events happen and uh, presidents have to-, have to react to that. I think Gingrich was said at one point during the campaign is that every president confronts things he didn't expect and does things he didn't expect to do because of what other people in the world are doing. Right. And on NATO, you know, he was he sounded very uh, staunchly against NATO. Uh, That rhetoric has apparently resulted in the members of NATO beginning to make uh, promises to live up to their funding promises of two percent of GDP. And he's still pushing. He's still pushing that when he just he met the Secretary General of NATO this week and said, "Yeah, yeah, we like NATO, but." You other nations, there, you've got to do your part. This is not going to just be an unfair burden on the American taxpayer. And he's really the first president to actually do more than pay mere lip service to that notion. Right, and and I think that this is this is Trump 
the art of the deal, Trump, not a politician. I mean, it, it, it's fair to say that you still would not regard him as a politician. No, I would. I, he, that's where he is. I, he is a politician. He had, he, had to be, he had to be there to get there. He's not a traditional politician. Okay. He, I don't think he's a member of the establishment, although certainly the establishment would do everything they can to co-opt him. But he's, he's a politician. He's just not a traditional politician. Time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Moreno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE. Broker license number 01147747. And California Financiers Lenders license number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. NMLS 9873. AM590. The answer. What are we doing right now in terms of North Korea? You never know, do you? You never know. This is Greg Britton and Don Dix. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. That's another good feature of President Trump. And he talked about this during the campaign of being unpredictable on the world stage. So the, your enemies don't know what you're going to do next. Uh, Pat Buchanan said that uh, spoke of uh, Richard Nixon the same way is that Nixon had the reputation, you know, a la baseball, of being willing to throw the beanball, hit the batter with the with the with the baseball, and that reputation gives the pitcher a subtle psychological edge. And I think, and I think Trump, by the nature of his personality, he's that way, and he's and sometimes trying to cultivate that is that. The enemy, the enemies under Obama, America's enemies did not fear America, and Trump wants to restore that, that so that yes, they do. And okay, what's he going to do? And I have reservations about the Syria policy, especially going beyond the retaliation for using chemical weapons purportedly. Although I'm not sold on necessarily that the regime did that, but okay, but going beyond that to try to depose Assad. That smacks of Libya and getting rid of Gaddafi, and we see the total mess that that created. But creating, so the Iranians don't know what he's going to do next, the Chinese don't, the Russians don't, the North Koreans don't. It's an important edge, I think, for America and for the president to have. Well, the North Koreas now are looking at one of the largest U.S. naval strike forces closing in off their northern shore. It was interesting that after the dinner with the Chinese president, China moved 150,000 troops near to the North Korea's southern border with China and also returned, I think it was five um, carriers, five uh, ships filled with coal back to North Korea, rejected delivery uh, of those ships back to North Korea. 
So essentially isolating North Korea economically, because as you know, North Korea economically is a is a dumpster fire. I mean, it's it's the whole country is practically a concentration camp. Right. People are if you're not part of the regime elite, you're malnourished. Uh, you can be imprisoned or killed for the slightest perceived offense. The, the, the guy is really it's one of the, it's one of these guys like Stalin or Caligula. I mean, not only are you a ruthless dictator, but you, you're just paranoid and psychologically unbalanced. And you can the uh, the, leader, the dictator of, of North Korea, Kim Jong Un, he had a family member executed because at, at a party conference where he where Un was giving a speech that went on for multiple hours, his eyes closed for brief like he was like he's almost dozing, and he, and he had him killed for that. And so this man is going to have nuclear weapons, and he's now developing the missiles that could carry them all the way to the United States of America. Yeah, this guy's this guy has ultimately got to go. Um, honestly, there, if if you're going to practice regime change, this is one place to do it. Just completely get rid of the government of North Korea. Let South Korea move in, take it over. Done deal. Um, that's got to ultimately because you can't give a guy like that the ability to deliver a nuclear weapon that could be delivered like an EMP, which is an electromagnetic pulse bomb that would explode over the country and completely dismantle. One, one bomb over at the right altitude over America could fry all of the civilian electronic systems. Right. And if they were ever restored, it could take years to restore. It's estimated that up to 90% of Americans would be dead within a year from that. Not because of nuclear bomb, but because of disease, starvation, and breakdown of social order. And that's the kind of risk we take. So it, Obama left the world a mess for oh, President he did. Trump. He absolutely did. And we're going to clean up the mess in California. A lot of stuff going on Is in California. We've got a brand new gas tax. But the Unite IE Conservative Conference coming up on April 30th. We're going to talk about that after the break. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Thomas Jefferson said that the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. And boy, is that ever true here in California. It is. Why is it true, Greg? It is just, <laughs> it is nonstop and and on some level, you have to compliment the Democrats because they have goals. Expand government, reduce individual freedom, make more, more government dependency. Basically, they don't use the, most of them are, don't use the word yet, socialism. But, they're the, but the, particularly the California Democrat Party is the Socialist Party. And at every level, whether it's at locally, at the state level, when they can nationally, in regional government, they are never miss an opportunity to try to expand government power, raise taxes when they can, increase government spending when they can, increase government regulation when they can. And you just saw an example last week is they were able to push through a gas tax increase and vehicle registration fee tax increase to supposedly raise money to fix the roads because they weren't using the transportation taxes and fees they were already collecting to fix and maintain the roads. Exactly. So what, what happened is both the Assembly and the Senate in the 
state legislature passed by a two-thirds margin. It was barely two-thirds, but that's all they needed was two-thirds to pass a increase in the gas tax as well as vehicle registration fees. Now, this passage truly marks a major political victory for Governor Brown. This is his fourth and final term as governor. And I would almost say, thank God, except for what is stacked up behind him in potential governor replacements at the next election. You got people like Gavin Newsom uh, that are potentially going to be front runners from the Democratic Party. Gavin Newsom is way more ideologically pure in terms of being a progressive than Brown is, wouldn't you say? Oh, everyone lining up there is further to the left. That's where the that's where the Democrat Party is. I'm not sure all their voters are there, but they seem to think so. They 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 just track further and further and further to the left. And there's no there's no limits. We've talked about some of the things here in California, for example. They're still working on their their sanctuary city bill. They're still working on uh, and I just saw one the other day incredible and I had not seen any attention to this is SB 464 which would require a gun store to have to put up concrete pillars in front of the gun store such that the car can't drive through the window to supposedly steal the guns. Not supposedly, but to, to steal the guns. Now, this is a very expensive thing to do that many landlords are not going to want you, are not going to let the tenant put in concrete pillars in front of their unit and or the, lo- the localities. And their zoning and their and their planning may not let them do that. So it, it it is a direct attempt to do to in essence put gun stores out of business in California, and that's on it. That is just on its way on its way through. And SB fifty four, we had talked the other the other day about okay, how does that make what how does that make things on a practical level different than how they are in California now? SB fifty four, just in case the folks aren't familiar with the number, that is the sanctuary state. Senate bill that essentially would make the entire state of California a sanctuary state, legally requiring, I guess, every police jurisdiction to not cooperate with ICE detainers. Right. And under the existing law, it's called the Trust Act. There's a number of laws that, uh, you know, serious offenses where they would still turn over the illegal immigrant criminal to Immigration and Customs Enforcement to uh, to, to be deported. And uh, under the SB 54, murder would not get you turned over. Rape would not get you turned over. Torture and mayhem would not get you turned over. Sexual exploitation of children would not get you turned over. Almost literally, there is no offense under SB 54 that would qualify the illegal immigrant criminal for deportation from California. That's, I mean, that is how far left the California Democrats have gone is that they feed not only they, do they want to protect illegal immigrant murderers and rapists, but they feel that politically they can because because California has become such a one party state. They feel that they can protect illegal immigrant murderers and rapists. It's right. staggering. And that's just, and that is that is just one example. We've talked about SB 18, which would in essence let the state step in and child protective services step in and every aspect education 
religion? You know, do you have a gun in the home that's not expressed in the statute? But anything they think is not in the best interest of the children, it would give them authority to step into it as well as creating a new entitlement which then would presumably have to be funded with whatever needs, whatever taxes have to be raised in order to fund these lavish new entitlements that are supposedly going to make life for children better. And, and SB 18 is what's being termed a children's bill of rights, a set of rights essentially uh, mapped out in order to bestow a set of rights onto children. And the idea there is who gets to determine what the rights are, what the benchmarks are. Much of the determining factors are left up to future uh, you know, interpretations of the law or court cases. Obviously, you know, that something like that would be challenged in court by parents if the state came in to take the children for whatever reason. Yeah, it might. But what it does is, is it lets them use this as a as a club to intimidate parents. So if the sure. parents are afraid of losing their children and having them taken from them, and yeah, maybe you get into a multi-year legal battle. I just read uh, this past week where the woman's children were taken away from her, and the it was after after a six-year battle, she got them back, and it was determined that the CPS people that did that had manufactured evidence and had withheld evidence in order to take her children away. So you're, you're, you're facing this protracted, expensive legal battle, or you just submit and comply with what the government bureaucrats are telling you to do regarding your children, and a lot of parents are going to submit. Absolutely. And some of these bills, like the gas tax bill, are being passed by by narrow, mar- if at any, margins. Uh, the gas tax bill, for instance, passed by 54 votes, the actual number required in order for to reach a two-thirds vote. You had individuals that were holding out in the assembly uh, for sweetheart deals for their districts. They were essentially waiting for uh, Governor Brown or the Senate, somebody to add an amendment that would grant them uh, money, goodies, benefits in order to entice them to vote and give them political cover back in their districts. So where you have people that are essentially, you know, going to uh, face tough battles in their next election in 2018, they can at least go back to the people in their district and say, yeah, but I got you $400 million. Right. And you're referring to Republican State Senator Canella from the Central Valley. And uh, he got uh, 400, at least $400 million worth of taxpayer money supposedly allocated to his district in exchange for his vote, which is absolutely essential because there was one Democrat state senator, Steve Glazer, from the Bay Area, who voted no on this. So they needed this vote. And my question is, is Canella merely a sellout or was he the designated sellout? It's a good question. Canella, I think, is uh, going to be is already going to be leaving. Right? He's not continuing on right. in the Senate. Well, how com- how convenient, right? And you, 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 it'd be interesting to see where he gets his next job. He's running for supervisor, I understand, in that in that county. So it, it's all political calculus. It's political intrigue. But ultimately, here's the bottom line for me. The Democrats who build their entire political platform based on the fact that they're for the little guy stabbed the little guy in the back with this tax because on a percentage basis, 
the folks that have money that live in what we call the coastal elite that live along the coast, the people that have money, they don't care a whit about 12 cents a gallon. It doesn't, it's not going to impact their lifestyle. No. But the people that are going to be impacted are the single parents with two or three kids who have to shuttle them off to school, go to work on a percentage basis. These are the people that are going to be dramatically impacted by this tax. Right. And uh, Assemblyman Vincent Fong, Republican from the, also from the Valley, uh, got some information from the Air Resources Board that their cap and trade program and trying to reduce green, supposed greenhouse gases by 50 percent by 2030 could add 70 cents more. Right to the to the per gallon of gas, and you're right. I think these coastal elites not only don't care, I think they would be just as happy to see uh, fewer peasants on the road. Uh, they're slowing up, slowing them up when they want to drive their cars. Well, this is just it. We know that there is an overarching effort on the part of the legislature, the Democrats, the progressives, to move Californians out of their cars, to make it so prohibitively expensive that you've got to live within the radius of where you work or use mass transit, which still is not a solution yet. Um, you know, I, it takes you. I, I actually looked when I was serving on the jury duty in Riverside from Corona. It takes two and a half hours to take a bus from Corona to Riverside, where I was serving jury duty. Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at Google Maps, and, and supposedly they put in, you have the options of, of, of public transit or bicycle or whatever to get there, to promote that. But you look at that and compare the time it takes to go by bus or by biking or walking to your destination compared to the car. I mean, it's often two, three, four, five, up to you know, 10 times yep. longer to get there by any means other than using your car. So we got a couple of different options to deal with all this fun. You can sit back and uh, watch it happen. You can move out of the state. We know a number of people that are, unfortunately, that are making that choice. And and some of our Unite IE activists are... Making that decision. Yep. And uh, Or you can stick around and, and join the battle. And we'll tell you how you can join the battle after our message from our sponsor for this half hour. All Star Collision, the price to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program where we celebrate the most important political office in the country, that of private citizen. And one of the reasons the Unite IE Coalition exists, Greg, is to do something that the left almost does by its very nature, and that is to organize. The only way that we're ever going to get control of what's going on in California is to organize. And it's almost because there's a vacuum on the conservative side. You would hope that by and large the Republican Party would fulfill this objective that they would be the organizing structure around which conservatives could push back on the left 
But we are constantly being out-organized by the left, number one. And number two, we're stymied in part by our own DNA because conservatives, largely fiercely independent individuals, are almost... It's not in our nature to organize, to get behind uh, one person or one leader and go, you know what, you may not be everything I want you to be, but we're going to do everything we need to do to get you elected. We're going to do everything we can do to push this bill across the finish line. We're going to do everything we can do to push this proposition over. We tend to, you know, argue over nuances and not get and lose sight of the bigger war and we're losing the bigger war um it's kind of it, it it really is summed up in an article on california political review misguided policies lead to more companies leaving california and in fact this spring marks the anniversary of the announcement of carl's juniors which was you know here for six decades relocating uh its headquarters to nashville it's yet another business that has quit california California in what was almost an a quiet exodus of companies, but now looks like it's more of a stampede. Um, recently, you had an organization out of Pasadena called Jacobs Engineering. This is a $6.3 billion firm. They were, uh, as I said, formerly based in Pasadena. They got more than 230 offices across the world. They employ more than 60,000 people and generate $12 billion in annual revenue. Poof. Gone. Another company, Nestle, leaving Glendale to reboot its U.S. headquarters in Roslyn, Virginia. Nissan North America left for Nashville a decade before Carl's Jr. did. Jamba Juice, which is a uh, uh, traded uh, San Francisco for Frisco, Texas. Occidental Petroleum prefers Houston over Westwood for its headquarters. Numira Biosciences, formerly in Irvine, they are now in Salt Lake City. Uh, another country called Omnitrax, a software firm, said goodbye to San Diego and hello to Dallas. So from 2007 to 2015, as many as 9,000 companies have left California and you know found solutions uh, for their business headquarters in other of the other 49 states. Right, and how many other companies, you know, it- Silicon Valley companies, for example, they yeah, they may still have the company headquarters there, where the where the people are the upper echelons are able to afford a house and and car and gas taxes all those kind of things, but they when they're expanding, they're not expanding in California, right? They're expand they're ex, they're expanding in other states or, or or other countries. And here's my argument: at some point, the political pendulum is going to swing back. At some point, we're going to reach a place where there aren't enough people paying taxes to support the uh, public sector. We're going to reach a point where the pension crisis finally gets completely uncloaked as much as it's they're trying to hide it now. Uh, the press does, you know, certain certain people of the press are starting to talk about it, but we're talking about anywhere from a five hundred billion to a one trillion dollar unfunded liabilities, and the burden of that is going to fall to the taxpayers, or else cities are going to have to file for bankruptcy in order to be able to renegotiate contracts. Yeah, but when the cities, for example, San Bernardino and Stockton, they filed bankruptcy, they did not take the opportunity to renegotiate and alter their pension obligations. So at some point, that pendulum is going to swing back. And when it does, 
we have to be in place. We have to have it be organized and in place in order to take advantage of it. The time to organize is not going to be all of a sudden when we begin to see the daylight. It's now. And that's the whole purpose of the Unite IE Conservative Conference. It's to give people an opportunity to get out of the stands and onto the playing field to interact and network with the groups around the Inland Empire that are doing the heavy lifting at the local level, city, county, uh, school board. Uh, last week, we celebrated a victory. Success. Absolutely. Where you know you had an organization, a quasi-governmental organization called Sandbag, which was looking at a proposal that would have aggregated the uh, uh, electrical uh, production, if you will, into the Inland Empire, San Bernardino County, Riverside County, uh, for purposes of, you know, including green energy, lots of, you know, uh, progressive agenda they would have items created, They would have created a new government bureaucracy to buy and sell electricity for us. Yep. And what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, we already seen Enron. We've seen, uh, you know, other adventures into uh green energy on the part of the Obama administration crash and burn. But the bottom line is this is an area that the private sector needs to be involved in. And we successfully as a group of activists organized uh, by Dan Titus, who uh, has been studying this whole area of sustainability, Agenda 21, uh, the insertion of political solutions into energy and wildlife, you know, areas. Right. Uh if you're not, if you want to fulfill your obligations of as a private citizen, the most important political office, a great place to make these connections is at our Unite IE Conservative Conference on April 30th. We got a great lineup of speakers: Dennis Prager, Larry Elder, Joe Pollock of Breitbart News, Hugh Hewitt, as well as uh, Senator, State Senator Mike Morrell, State Senator Jeff Stone, and Steve Frank, uh, who writes the California Political Review. Yep. Guru of California politics, and you're going to connect. You can, you'll just see that there are other people that think like you do. You're not alone. You are not alone here in California, and you'll learn how if you you can, how you can make a difference. And if you're already plugged in, use this opportunity to bring somebody out of the stands. If you've got friends or neighbors that are complaining about uh, the way things are going, but haven't quite figured out that they can actually be. You know, sometimes it's 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 amazing how much a phone call or a letter to a uh, uh, an elected official can make the difference or just showing up at a city council meeting and supporting others that are doing the work, the difference that that can make. But uh, go out, reach out to those folks, bring them to this event. You can get your tickets, $30 for general admission, $95 VIP. This event, I'm thinking, will sold out. We've already actually reached the 50% mark, and we're still more than two and a half weeks away from the event. Right. So this is, this is going to be a great event. It's likely to sell out. So be there. Don't wait. Get your tickets. AM590.info. Or, or as Humphrey Bogart said, you'll regret it. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but soon and for the rest of your life. (laughs) I love it. Exactly. We need that clip, part of our promotion. We'll be back with our final thoughts and segment after a break from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. 
Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office and culture at Zed. Immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. And there was immigration news, actually positive news this past week, if you're somebody who thinks that America should have and enforce immigration laws. Right. And Jeff Sessions, who's already, they've already, I mean, the, the um, crossing the illegal immigrants crossing the border is already down by two thirds since uh, President Trump became off, came president. And because they're, unlike Obama, they're actually trying to enforce our immigration laws. And Jeff Sessions announced, among other things, that they're going to start prosecuting illegal reentry because being an illegal immigrant is only a misdemeanor under federal law. But if you have been deported and come back in, that is a 10-year felony. And of course, up to this point, like so many other immigration laws, that hasn't been enforced. But Sessions has said, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, that we're going to start enforcing that part of immigration law. So all these, you hear all these cases where previously deported illegal immigrant has committed this crime, previously deported illegal immigrant has created, has done that crime. In addition to whatever their new crime is, or even before they commit a crime, they can now be prosecuted for a felony and put in prison for up to 10 years for coming back after you've been deported. And I think this is a potential, among other things, is a is a big development if you want to see our immigration laws enforced. 17-year low in terms of the number of people crossing the border. 17-year low. That's Enforcing America's immigration laws is one more worth the price of admission for electing Donald Trump. I saw a very interesting segment on, uh, you know, the Greg Gutfeld show. He did an opening monologue where at the end of the, he's talking about immigration at the end of the, uh, uh, at the end of the conversation, his monologue, he says, you know what? It may not be important if Donald Trump ever builds the wall and maybe just maybe Donald Trump is the wall. Good point. Maybe, just maybe, we don't need the wall, just like in national security. Walk softly, carry a big stick. The bombings in Syria sent a message around the world to any despot dictator. Maybe the message of actually enforcing our laws in places where it can be done is enough to stem the tide of people coming across the border. We can hope and pray. That'll do it for us on this, other, on this Saturday edition of the Unite IE radio program. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.